adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at six minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this 22nd morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Wow. We have a very, very full program today in terms of content and in terms of guests. Guests. Obviously, yesterday, a very, very bad day for the President of the United States. How bad? depends upon your perspective. It looks bad for the President of the United States' judgment in terms of the people that he chose to hire as his attorney and, for a brief period of time, his campaign manager. That's bad. However, it is nothing that is illegal. Bad judgment is not illegal. If you are an enemy of the President, if you are a hater of the President, if you are part of the hashtag resistance, then yesterday was much worse. In your mind, yesterday means the president should now be impeached. We're going to analyze all of that this morning, uh, coming up uh, with a couple of our guests, as well as some very important audio that I want to share with you from uh, some people who are a little bit more knowledgeable experts on uh, the law than yours truly. So coming up on the program, Daniel Horowitz at 935 will try to break some of this down for us. Not only the president's bad day yesterday, but the nation's bad day when it comes to the security of our borders and the protection of our people. Daniel Horowitz will weigh in on Molly Tibbetts, her horrific death, and the political causes thereof. I'll explain that. Ryan Morrow will join us from the Clarion uh, Clarion Project at clarionproject.org. He'll join us at... Um, about 10.05 this morning to discuss a couple of other matters of national security, and then Congressman Jim Jordan at 10.35. So he will join us for the last half hour of the program, and we will talk to him about uh, what happened yesterday with Molly Tibbetts, with Michael Cohen, with Paul Manafort, and the impact on the president and on the country. So thank you for joining us. I will invite you to get in now if you would like, because this is uh, really the perfect time. We are going to be heavy with guests, as noted. So if you would like to to uh, be heard on any or all of these matters, dial 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. You can tweet to me at Radio Done Right, Radio Done Right, one word, and also on Facebook at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. It's hard to know where to start today, uh, but I'm going to start with Molly Tibbetts. We'll come back to the president in just, just a moment. The reason I want to start with the Molly Tibbetts story is because... Quite frankly, I feel the need to call out the hypocrisy in this country that continues to lead to the deaths of people like Molly Tibbetts and people like Kate Steinle. When we built this beautiful country, when our founding fathers built this beautiful country, they gave us some wonderful opportunities, wonderful opportunities to... uh, Protect and secure liberty and freedom for all, provided we take the time to implement some safeguards to ensure that we can indeed keep that liberty, that freedom, 
that wonderful opportunity that is given to all of us in this wonderful republic. And it was up to us to make sure that we did everything we could to enact those safeguards. One of the things that we did was we established our sovereignty. We established our nation's land as being ours, impenetrable by foreign forces, not allowing those who would invade us to do so. For when they arrive, it would be at our great peril. Now, generally speaking, when we talk about protecting our borders and protecting our national sovereignty, and we talk about securing our freedom and securing our people, we're talking about against foreign invading armies. Clearly, we would do everything we had or everything we had to do and have to do to militarize our borders, to militarize our coasts, so that no one can invade by way of a foreign army. Right? We would stop that in a heartbeat because we knew when they get here, they're going to try to harm Americans, if not just harm America as a body. Yet we, hypocritically, And again, I speak as a people because of the way the laws are enforced or, more directly, are not enforced. We allow an invasion to happen on a daily basis. And the reason we do is because the invaders are not marching in under a foreign flag. Sometimes. The truth of the matter is, the invasion that continues every single day in this country sometimes by way of our southern border, sometimes through tunnels, sometimes times through hopping fences, sometimes through wading across rivers, sometimes through the back of hot trucks, sometimes through legal visitation and visa overstays. We stopped along the way, a long time ago, we stopped protecting that sovereignty and that border, and we did so, again, to our great peril, in the name of political correctness. Oh, well, these people in other countries don't have it as good as we do, therefore we can surrender our sovereignty, and we should surrender our borders to these invaders simply in the name of goodwill. Again, sometimes the best intentions that we, that we might have for assisting others, for helping others, is at our great peril. Those intentions lead to disaster. Nowhere will you find a conservative proclaiming that all illegal aliens who invade this country, and I'm going to use the word invade and not emigrate, Emigrate, by the way, is the verb from which we take immigrant. We are not suggesting, no conservative, and certainly not yours truly, suggests that all people who invade this country illegally are here to kill, are here to rape, are here to maim, are here to harm. No one is suggesting that is what all of them are. But as we just saw yesterday with the revelation that Molly Tibbetts was murdered by an illegal alien in the United States, 
And as we have seen far too many times with a list of angel families, far too long to recite and read from. It happens often enough that, yes, we need to start recognizing the invasion of this country from individuals who flock to this country within the ranks of those who are seeking simply to better their lives. We need to see them as much of an, of an invading army here to do bad things to the United States as we would if they were marching under the flag of a foreign entity. As if they were invading under the flag of a foreign enemy. We hypocrites in the United States, and again I speak for the body of the American people, not that there aren't some of us fighting, fighting every day to secure our borders, but since we haven't gotten our wall built since we haven't done enough to actually secure the southern border through other means, since we haven't done enough to remove illegal aliens from this country so that we can fill this country with legal immigrants, very different than illegal invaders, so that we can fill this country with legal immigrants who do respect our laws, our rights, your rights, our freedoms, our security. When we continue to ignore our obligation to protect our people, we do so with blood on our hands. You know, a lot of us yesterday, myself included, took to social media to express our outrage at the murder of Molly Tibbetts. We took to social media to say, these Democrats who want open borders, they're responsible for the death of Molly Tibbetts. And there may be some truth to that, but the real truth is we are all responsible for the death of Molly Tibbetts at the hands of an illegal invader. We are all responsible because none of us as a people, as a body, have been successful in electing the right representatives to do exactly what we elected Donald Trump to do. In 2016, we had a choice of sovereignty or open borders, of walls or open borders. We chose walls. We chose sovereignty. But obviously, we haven't done a good enough job electing people to enforce that at the legislative level. We have the wrong representatives in the, in the House and in the Senate. We have people who are not committed to protecting people like Molly Tibbetts from murder, from being attacked by illegal invaders. As a people, we have failed. Some more directly than others, but as a people, we have failed. And Molly Tibbetts is just the latest name. Hers is not the only name to pay the price for. 20-year-old Molly Tibbetts found dead in a cornfield not far from her hometown of Brooklyn, Iowa. Police say an illegal immigrant from Mexico admits to kidnapping, killing, and dumping her lifeless body after following her on a run back on July 18th. Christian Bahina Rivera claims he blacked out and only came to when he found Molly's body in the trunk of his car. A local dairy farm where Rivera works says he passed a background check even though he's been in the U.S. illegally for up to seven years. Molly's family and friends are absolutely devastated. They had been holding out hope that she would return home alive. 
coming up in uh, about two weeks. As a matter of fact, exactly two weeks from today, I'm going to be broadcasting live from Capitol Hill, uh, Wednesday, September 5th, and Thursday, September 6th. And we're going to be broadcasting live from an event called Hold Their Feet to the Fire. There will be Radio Row. It will be dozens and dozens of conservative, patriotic, sovereignty believers, or believers in American sovereignty, perhaps, is a better way to say that. We'll be talking to a number of individuals, including legislators, including uh, Border Patrol agents, including pundits, but also including angel families. These are families of victims who were killed by illegal aliens in this country. Collectively, they are working to try to change the problems that we have created for ourselves with our misdeeds when it comes to electing representatives to support and enforce border security. They are working tirelessly so that more families don't become victimized as theirs have been and now as the Tibbetts family has been. And I've already booked a few of them for the, pro- for the program that we're going to be talking with on those days, on September 5th and sept- September 6th. And I can tell you, those are going to be the hardest interviews I have to do. I'm going to talk to members of Congress. I'm going to talk to Border Patrol presidents. I'm going to be talking to ICE leaders. But the hardest conversations I will have will be with those angel families whose loved ones were murdered by illegal aliens in the United States. I will say this. There are already domestic murderers in this country, yes. The American left's response to Molly Tibbetts being killed by an illegal alien has been, so what? So what if it was an illegal alien versus an American citizen or a legal immigrant to this country? We have murderers here, so why is this one any different? I'll say this in response to them, very simply. Because we have criminals living in our midst, because there are already killers within the borders of the United States legally, it does not justify the insanity of inviting more killers to join the party. It would be like saying it's okay for you to go out and drink and drive because there are already drunks on the road. One more isn't going to hurt anything. Yeah, except for the victim that your one more slams into and kills in your state of drunkenness. The bottom line that cannot be disputed here is while there are killers living within our midst, yes. Many of them domestic, yes. Many of them legal immigrants, yes. The immutable truth is if we enforced our border laws... Molly Tibbetts would be alive today. If Christian Rivera had not been allowed to live unabated in the United States illegally, Molly Tibbetts would be jogging again this evening for her regular weekday jog, living her 20-year-old best life as a college student, loving daughter. She would be alive today. It matters. The law matters. 
Much more to come. It's 921. We'll check traffic. And if you would like to be involved, 216-901-0945 on the Bob France Authority. All right, 926 now. Oh, correction, 927. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420. The answer, Daniel Horowitz, going to join us to talk more about Molly Tibbetts and uh, the laws that allowed her to be murdered, uh, that led directly to her murder as we continue to, um, uh, to surrender our sovereignties, to surrender our border security, uh, because we just do not have the guts in Washington, D.C. to do what needs to be done. And I'll say this, too, before I take a phone call here. I tweeted this yesterday, and I Facebooked this yesterday, and I will reiterate it and double down on it today, quite frankly. Molly Tibbetts was murdered by an illegal alien. You may now resume your calls for the abolition of ICE, you sick, liberal freaks. ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement made up of American heroes whose job it is to find these illegal aliens like Christian Rivera and deport them and remove them from the country before they can kill the likes of Molly Tibbetts. And the American left wants that organization, ICE, abolished so that more killers and would-be killers like Rivera can take up residency in the United States and then victimize yet another. It should be noted that one major party of the two parties in this country, remember this in November, wants ICE abolished, meaning Christian Rivera has free reign in the United States and the likes of Christian Rivera. Andy in Middleburg Heights, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Andy, go right ahead, sir. Good morning, sir, and thank you for taking my call again. Uh, Bob, I... I got to commend you for what you're what you're going to be doing on Capitol Hill. I don't know how you're not going to be able to look at those people and not break down. I mean, you've got kids. I've got kids. I'm in my late seventies, but I I could not imagine. I just could not imagine how you can look at those people and not have it wrench your heart out. I mean, this is this is atrocious. And Bob, just give me about sixty seconds. That's all I need. This thing with this thing with immigration is so out of control. And one of the one of the other things we're missing, and I just caught this by accident. Minnesota Viking Stadium yesterday, fifty thousand Muslims meeting. There's a, there's something going on in this country because they want they went in there into that Minnesota Viking Stadium, and what the hell are they doing taking over Minnesota Viking Stadium? And they're going in that stadium, and all the all the protection they had around there, yelling "Allah Akbar," going in there. But we got it. We got an internal thing besides this. Canada has got five hundred thousand Muslims that have moved in. We got to start watching our northern borders. Also, I mean, it's not just it's not just there. This is all around. We're losing. Africa is throwing all the white farmers out. I mean, this is going on all over. We're going to lose. We're losing our country. Listen to Joe Walsh at night. He is screaming, "Get him the hell out of this country already before it's too late." Is, I, I don't want to. I don't want to conflate, crazy. Andy. 
Andy, I don't want to conflate the two right now. I appreciate the phone call, and i got to get to the news here. I don't want to conflate the two right now with the uh, with what you just described going on in Minnesota with what I'm talking about with respect to our southern border and what happened to Molly Tibbetts, although your point is a good one and your, that conversation point needs to happen. I just don't have time for it right now. I will say this. What they are doing right now in this country, the, uh, the uh, Muslim population, they're celebrating this holy period of theirs. It's called a festival of sacrifice. It's one of two holidays celebrated each year world. Worldwide. The other one is Ramadan. It's called Eid al-Adha, and I'm pronouncing that probably wrong. It's an animal sacrifice. It's a it's a it's a very holy time for them. That's why they gathered together and did their little prayer ceremony and so on and so forth. Is it intimidating? Considering what uh, many of these people believe in, which is Sharia, yes, it is. Is it illegal in a nation that practices freedom of a religion? No, it isn't. So we have to be very very careful about that. It's 931. We'll get our news now. Daniel Horowitz next on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. now the Bob France Authority continues on a very, very busy Wednesday. Uh, my goodness gracious, yesterday between Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort, the unhinged American left, and yes, the murder of Molly Tibbetts by, uh, the, well, the discovery of the murder and the arrest of the illegal alien uh, who allegedly killed her, uh, we are we are loaded up. Congressman Jim Jordan will join me at 1035 this morning. Ryan Moore of the Clarion Project will join us at 1005. And now we are joined once again by Daniel Horwitz, who is a senior editor at Conservative Review. You also see him on CRTV if you subscribe, and you, of course, have have read, if uh, you have not by now, I don't know what you're waiting for, Stolen Sovereignty, How to Stop Unelected Judges from Transforming America. Daniel, good morning, sir. How are you? We're doing all right. What a busy August. <laughs> oh, you aren't kidding. Uh, what a day yesterday for the President of the United States. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that in, the, in a few moments, uh, because, uh, well, for the obvious reasons. But as I said to you last night, I wanted to, to discuss with you today the immigration issue. You have done just yeoman's duty uh, writing and uh, on your podcast and on CRTV and everything else uh, about uh, the invasion of this country and about our unsecured borders and about how many people in the United States government, particularly in the legislative branch, who have failed us. And now we have yet another name to be added to the list of angel families. Uh, Molly Tibbetts was killed by an illegal alien who had been living and working in Iowa for for, for the last four to seven years. And meanwhile, the left continues to call for the abolition of ICE, the agency that's supposed to find people like this, Daniel. You know, just in fiscal year 2017 alone, just to give you a sense of how pervasive these avoidable crimes by people that shouldn't be in the country, that if we had um, a sane first world country uh, enforcement mechanism, they would immediately be detected numerous ways. Um, and certainly there would be no magnets attracting them, whether it's birthright citizenship, employment, welfare, um, sanctuary cities, you name it. Uh, but anyway, ICE arrested just in one fiscal year criminal aliens that together were responsible for more than 80,000 DUI offenses, 76,000 dangerous drug offenses, more than 48,000 assault offenses, more than 12,800 burglaries, more than 11,000 weapons offenses, more than 5,600 sexual offenses, more than 2,000 kidnappings, and more than 1,800 homicide offenses. Now, this is just one year. What year was this? And these are just fiscal year 2017. Also, oh, so, oh, so the current, the most current t- numbers we have. I just wanted to, I'm yeah, writing yeah, these down is, as fast as I can as you give them to me, Daniel, yeah. because you are underscoring the point. I'm sorry, continue. 
it will be in my column today, and and uh, I'll uh, you know your your listeners are the first to know this, but this is fairly recent data. Um, you know, and I could say I could look at it a different way. Just in Texas alone, according to the Department of Public Safety, their uh, law enforcement agency, uh, six hundred sixty-three thousand um, uh, arrests have taken place for crimes from illegal aliens over a course of six years. In one state, there that's from two thousand eleven through sometime pretty recently. Um, the point being, these are just the people that have been caught. These are just the people known to DHS. And keep in mind, this is very important. Most illegals, by definition, are in sanctuary jurisdictions. It's a push-pull factor. It's they get pulled there, but then also then they become a constituency, and then you know they're liberal blue areas, so they vote for sanctuary policies. You know, California being the big one. So ICE doesn't even have access to a lot of them because that's the whole problem. They release them. They don't even. So these are the ones. That they that they actually apprehended, <laughs> um, according to ICE, at any given time, the, the, this number is old. It was from a 2011 report, but it's been pretty stagnant. There's roughly 1.3 million criminal aliens. That includes legal immigrants too, but it's mainly illegal in the country at large at any given time. This is all avoidable, you know. Murder is, is a bad thing, um, no matter what. It, it's just as terrible, devastating to the victims, to the families, whoever killed the person. But from a public policy standpoint, which is why we're here, why we're talking, debate public policy, this is 100% redressable because you could choose your immigrants, you can't choose your natives. The, the number of, of criminal aliens in this country should be zero or very close to zero. Because, you know, unless they come here, you know, legally, you know, and just commit a crime a minute later. Mm-hmm. But the point is, aside from the fact that we have all the magnets, in this case, let's just talk about in this case, the details are very fluid. But if you had a working system, so some are reporting he might have passed E-Verify. But that's irrelevant because Lamar, Lamar Smith's the version of E-Verify that we want would immediately notify an individual, if their social security number is being used. So it's a catch-22. Um, if the guy doesn't have a real identity, then e verify catches him right away. If he gets a legit identity because he stole it, which might have been the case here. Which is know. what I think. Yeah, they think that's what we're reading in this case. He he did have some fraudulent documents. Or, or he could have been a DACA recipient. I mean, I'm not saying, saying that, but that would be another way it could be he... Had Fair a point. Security number. We'll we'll find we'll find out. But either way, then the individual will be notified. And this, this is why E-Verify is so important. People look at it kind of like as a regulation on businesses, but it's also really the responsibility of government to protect our identity at, at a federal level. This is this is a federal issue, um, and it's very legitimate. They would have been notified. Or you know, did this guy have a driver's license? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other ways that. It's very hard to remain in a first world country undetected if we, unless we have a, an, an agenda to, to cover him. You know, was his vehicle registered? You know, what documents did he need to obtain them? What I'm saying is, none of this should ever happen. Um, and, and yet, there's there's really no narrative from Republicans to deal with this in in, in Congress. 
Well, isn't there? Uh, Unless you're talking about the Republicans who literally turn a blind eye toward this, because I know there are a number of them, obviously, who see things the way you do and and that I do with clarity that we were, you know, they were elected rather, and that President Trump was elected because we are aware of these things and we do have a narrative, and that narrative involves implementing mandatory E-Verify, the kind you are talking about, and it involves the end of the chain into the visa diversity lottery and building that border, uh, you know, that uh, that that um, that barrier the wall on the southern border there are a lot in congress we don't have don't have enough of them yet uh daniel in my view which is again to our detriment and i guess essentially it's the fault of the american people that we have not elected enough of those who uh who take this seriously and, and look it's getting worse i mean the the type of republicans that are winning primaries left and right i mean are are terrible republicans a lot of them are ms-13 republicans and while the details are still murky yeah. here it is kind of tragic and ironic that the person who employed this person on his farm, Craig Lang, uh, allegedly, um, was the, the president of the Iowa Farm Bureau, um, big open borders Republican. He ran for agricultural agricultural secretary, I believe, this past time. Um, Steve King, my buddy, congressman from the western part of the state, seems to know who he is. Uh, so that's the thing. I mean, Republicans are like this. You have Mitch McConnell bringing the Senate back to vote on these liberal spending bills and do nothing else. I mean, this is what they should be doing. Um, you know, Iowa is not the biggest sanctuary place, but it appears that uh, some of the cities surrounding this area, Johnson City, um, you know, Iowa City, uh, Marion County, Jefferson County, Benton County, were sanctuary jurisdictions. And again, it's, you know, even if you have good border security, it's relatively easy. I say relatively to go undetected and get in the country one time. But imagine if you have to stay in perpetuity undetected. That's a lot harder. I mean, I would argue interior enforcement and getting rid of the magnet. Again, employment, welfare, um, birthright citizenship, uh, K-12 through education, all this stuff, if you implemented that, you wouldn't have them here. Um, you only have them here because we, you know, we have such contradictory policies Right. Um, contrary to law, we got the sanctuary courts. Uh, that's that's the problem. I mean, this is so redressable. We can't deter every murder. We can't deter every crime. But again, I mean, this is so obvious. And and I, I just want to give you a heads up. A column I have coming out that I think is such an important point. Yesterday, we deported um, a 95 year old individual on a stretcher <laughs> um, who is pretty much dying. Who seems to have served as a pretty low-level guard in a Nazi prison camp in Poland. He was an American citizen for 50 years. We denaturalized him and deported him. That is how far the rule of law works to implement a law that's a just, good law generally, um, even in the harshest of circumstances. And no one has a problem with it. I'm not not saying I have a problem with it. But amazingly... You know, this is, gosh, it's Section 212 of the INA, A3F, I think. Okay. Um, or A3E. But A3F, the very next section, you know what that is? That is to deport anyone or make them inadmissible who has ties to terrorism. Why is it that that subsection we don't apply? The number of people in this country who aren't citizens for 50 years, I'm not even talking about denaturalizing. I'm talking right. about they're still... Aliens, legal immigrants, let's say, that have ties, these imams, with 
with Hamas and Hezbollah and Fidel, ties the Muslim brother, all these people involved in Isna and Ikna and care and whatever, and we don't apply that law. Um, it's just, you know, the people with ties to MS-13 that remain in this country, uh, you know, the congressman from Long Island, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Lee Zeldin, he has a bill to denaturalize and deport anyone who's found to have be a member of MS-13 within 10 years of naturalization. The left went crazy over that, and, the, you know, they're, they're blocking that bill. You know, why is it when it, only when it comes to a 95-year-old who can't hurt us, was never really a threat? I'm not saying there's no point of justice, but how much more so when you have active threats of terrorism? I mean, there was just a case recently. Um, it might have been, in, gosh, it might have been an Ohio court. I have to check this out. I'm just drawing a blank here. But the basic details are this guy who was surveilling the Brooklyn Bridge directly to blow it up on behalf of al-Qaeda, who is a Pakistani immigrant, was naturalized in four years prior to this in 1999. And just a couple weeks ago, a federal court said you can't denaturalize him. Um, wow. This, you, know, you know, this is the imbalance. And, and you know, you know I, I don't beat around the bush here. Um when it comes to Nazism, somehow the left successfully made that like a right-wing thing, white and right. So that's like, you know, it's okay. Then, you know, everyone will be willing to implement the law to the gates of hell. And, and I agree with it. That, that, that's great. But when it comes to anyone else, when it comes to MS-13, Islamists, somehow that goes out the window. And criminal aliens, I mean, this is the problem we have. You, uh, Daniel Horwitz, is my guest from uh, Conservative Review, CRTV, uh, as well as uh, uh, an author of Stolen Sovereignty. You mentioned uh, uh, how they push back on uh, against uh, uh, the, the Long Island congressman that you mentioned. The left is pushing back on everything and anything. You know, even even that very would seem to be common sensible uh, law uh, that would denaturalize somebody if they are tied to a terror group like an MS-13. Um, the Democrats, I think, are responsible for all of this, and I don't want to do that. I'm not just saying let's play politics here because November is coming, but, Daniel, if we do give them back the power uh, to control the House, and, and even if it's just the House, but let alone the House and the Senate, um, this is going to be the, the norm, and we're going to have more. You talk about removing the carrot. You talk about all of these things. You know, we need internal enforcement. Uh, we, we need to fine and, and, and uh, you know take punitive measures against employers that hire these people, cut off the jobs, and so on. All of those possible steps. And no, the Republicans haven't gotten it all right. But all of those possible steps are going to be out the window. We are going to be virtually a borderless society, and we're going to have a president who is completely impotent if uh, if Nancy Pelosi or one of her ilk ever get that gavel again. Well, I'm not saying I want that outcome, but you know, obviously the president either way will still have his veto power, which is no different from what's happening now. I mean, uh, the, the type of budget bills they are passing um, – are indistinguishable from what Democrats would pass. Now, I think you're right. Democrats would pass standalone bills. They probably wouldn't get out of the Senate in that case, and if they did, the president still has veto power. But I think the broader point, um, Bob, is this. This is not a binary thing. Oh, Republicans suck, but Democrats suck worse, so vote Republican. There's a third option, which is remain engaged and remain focused and pressure them and pressure the president veto any bill that doesn't contain your immigration priorities. You know what I mean? It's not just, oh, elect Republicans, and then now let's just focus on the soap opera and then let them run amok on, on all the policies. I mean, 
the die is not just cast with elections. Then you have to. No, no, it's not. It's not. But I, but, I, but I guess what's in our face here, Daniel, and the reason I, I'm, I'm kind of simplifying it that way is that it's the left has become the party of abolish ICE. Okay, I mean, more and more and more of them are talking about the abolition of ICE. They are not supporting the rule of law. They are not supporting even just you know the the law enforcement agencies that are supposed to go out and find people like this before they kill people. Talking about Rivera, and, and so as a just as a party, that is kind of what they've embraced. That's kind of what they've become. And and it would be, you know, it would be silly for us to ignore that come November. Now, does that solve all of our ills? If a hey, Republicans controlled the House, they kept control. No, not at all. I'm with you. Engage. Absolutely, we need to be on their tails. We need to be in their ears and in their faces about doing this. We need to make sure the president knows what we want him to do, as you say, with his veto power, etc. I'm not saying it's a cure-all, but I'm just saying it, it, it makes things far, far, far more difficult if we do lose control of the, uh, uh, of the leadership in the House. Oh, exactly. I agree 100%. This is why I would rather make this election every day from now until November about their abolish ICE stuff and about immigration rather than making about Mueller and Manafort, because we, we ain't winning that debate. I'm sorry. I mean, even if we believe it's wrong what's happening, and I agree there are some things that are, you know, overzealous there, but we're not winning that. We're not going to get votes that, like that. And this is why we need a conservative movement and conservative media focused on this and focused on getting the Republican Senate uh, to take up this stuff and getting the president to absolutely follow through, through with a, a veto threat so that we have a showdown that implicates this issue, because you're right. right. More than any other issue, if the Democrats, there's no floor to how far they go left. There's no breaks. There's no stopgap. Um, but on that one issue, it's interesting. They at least publicly put the brakes on this abolish ICE movement. They, they support it, for sure. But th- that's how much they realize it's a loser, and it's our job to make it about that, not about the soap opera, because we're not going to win on that. Yeah, I completely agree. And Daniel, I'm past my break here. And since I can't keep you for another segment, can you just give me 60 seconds, the best 60 seconds you have on what happened yesterday with Cohen and Manafort and what it means going forward? You know, I think it's just going to reinforce both sides. I mean, legally, it didn't plow any new ground because there's no uh, illegality of paying off, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Playboy model and a porn Uh star and whatever. Right. Yeah. There's no unless you use campaign funding, which it's you know there's no evidence that it's hard to imagine he would do something that stupid because he has so much of his own and he didn't even raise that much campaign cash. Right. Um, but you know so, but politically it will just buttress their case for impeachment more. But they were going to do that anyway. So I think I mean I don't think politically it moves the needle. But I, I just will say just keep in mind with Clinton it was started out as Whitewater and it turned into well kind of about sex. This started out about you know Russia. Yes, they don't have anything, but it's landing into that. So, you know, we have to check our sides. Um, you know, I agree that we can't allow Democrats to take over. They're just as immoral. They never get caught. They never go after them. Um, but it doesn't make all this uh, kosher, to say the least. And I'm not going to sit and defend some of this stuff, extra matter, marital stuff. Um, but, you know, it doesn't make it illegal. Right. No, no, nor am I. Nor am I. But then again, I didn't elect him because he was a Boy Scout or an altar boy. Uh, I elect, yeah. I voted for him because uh, I needed 4.1% and the other things that we are seeing that we uh, that we had to have. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, uh, terrific as always. Thank you very much for the time, Daniel. We'll talk again soon. See you later. Take care. Th- thank you. Daniel Horowitz at uh, Conservative Review. Make sure you uh, read him there at conservativereview.com. We'll be right back after this.
All right, 9.58 now. i got time just for maybe one call here before the top of the hour. Let's go to Tony, who's been waiting patiently in South Euclid. Tony, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you. Very, very kind of you to take my call. Listen, um, I I was on your program one other time, and uh, I, bottom line here, the, the problem is, I think, that we need to get more solutions. We talk and talk and talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, building the wall, I think, is is going to be, uh, you know, a big thing for the United States. <clears throat> but really what we need to do is bring back stop and frisk. Uh, we need to get our law enforcement, maybe another entity besides ICE, and uh, start really... Uh, investigating more on these Ill- illegals coming into the country. Um, we, we're going to stop a lot. We're trying to stop a lot by, by building a wall. I understand that. Right. But we, we It's not really a panacea, though. It's not a cure-all to everything. It's just a tool, and it's one of the very important tools, but it's only one tool. Right. And, and you know, with uh, this uh, situation, with this racial division and the police are a little bit less um, less willing to to, to pull uh, uh, citizens over. Um, we, we need to we need to stop and not lose that. Uh, this this I think would have been prevented if uh, if ICE or if any other entity uh, in our uh, peace officer police officers um, would be more willing. Um, uh, by the public to do their job. And, and again, uh, to, to just summarize everything, is we need, we need more. We need more um, uh, police out there. We need to really uh, uh, let the police do what they're supposed to do and uh, bring back uh, the stop and frisk and more law enforcement. And, Tony, I um, could not agree with you more. I'm going to interrupt there because i got to get to our news break here at the top, but I will tell you I agree with you wholeheartedly. What we need is for the American people to once again believe in the rule of law and to believe in, the, uh, in, to, in, uh, in our uh, law enforcement agencies, whether it be local police departments, sheriff departments, or federal agencies like ICE. Law enforcement is failing in the United States, not because of the heroes wearing the badges and the uniforms, but because of the American public, which will not tolerate them anymore. That's the problem. You start reinforcing support for law enforcement, you will start to see more enforcement of law. We'll be back after the news with Ryan Moore on AM 1420, The Answer.